This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 541, How Food Addiction Works and What to Do About It, by Chris Gunners with Healthline.com, and I'm Dr. Neil. Happy Monday, welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I act as your narrator of the best health and fitness blogs, all for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and lots more. Pretty similar to an audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors. And then on Fridays, I do something a little different. I answer your questions right here on the show. Before I get to today's post, I'm excited to introduce our sponsor, Grove Collaborative. Over the past two months, Grove has helped me make the transition from toxic to all-natural home products. Grove Collaborative curates the best non-toxic products, which makes it really simple to discover amazing natural home and personal care products. And Grove backs all of its customers with a 100% happiness guarantee on top of free shipping. They make it easy to have a happy, healthy home. And we have a unique offer with them, a $30 Mrs. Myers kit, plus a bonus gift, and a two-month VIP membership. Go to grove.co slash optimal to claim your special offer. That's grove.co, not grove.com, slash optimal. And with that, let's get right to today's post and start optimizing your life. How Food Addiction Works, and What to Do About It, by Chris Gunners with Healthline.com. If you've ever tried to cut back on junk food, you may realize that it's easier said than done. People tend to get cravings when the brain starts calling for these foods. Even though people's rational, conscious mind knows that they are unhealthy, some other part of the brain seems to disagree. Some people don't have this problem and can easily control the types of foods they eat, while others don't seem to have any control whatsoever. If you're one of these people, despite your best intentions, you may repeatedly find yourself eating unhealthy foods, even when you have previously decided not to eat them. Though you might think this is caused by a lack of willpower, the situation can be much more complicated than that. The fact is, junk foods stimulate the reward system in the brain in the same way as abusive drugs like cocaine. For susceptible people, eating junk foods can lead to full-blown addiction which shares the same biological basis as addiction to abusive drugs. How does food addiction work? There is a system in your brain called the reward system. This system was designed to reward you when doing things that encourage your survival. This includes primal behaviors like eating. The brain knows that when you eat, you're doing something right, and it releases a bunch of feel-good chemicals in the reward system. These chemicals include the neurotransmitter dopamine, which your brain interprets as pleasure. The brain is hardwired to seek out behaviors that release dopamine in the reward system. The problem with modern junk foods is that they can cause a reward that is way more powerful than anything you can get from whole foods. Whereas eating an apple or a piece of steak might cause a moderate release of dopamine, eating a Ben & Jerry's ice cream is so incredibly rewarding that it releases a massive amount. Summary. Eating junk food causes a release of dopamine in the brain. This reward encourages susceptible individuals to eat more unhealthy foods. This can lead to tolerance and withdrawal, the hallmarks of physical addiction. When you repeatedly do something that releases dopamine in the reward system, such as smoking a cigarette or eating a Snickers bar, your dopamine receptors can start to downregulate. When the brain sees that the amount of dopamine is too high, it begins removing dopamine receptors to keep things balanced. When you have fewer receptors, You need more dopamine to reach the same effect, 
which causes people to start eating more junk food to reach the same level of reward as before. This is called tolerance. If you have fewer dopamine receptors, you will have very little dopamine activity and start to feel unhappy when you don't get your junk food fix. This is called withdrawal. Tolerance and withdrawal are the hallmarks of physical addiction. A number of studies in rats have shown that they can become physically addicted to junk food in the same way that they become addicted to abusive drugs. Of course, all of this is a drastic oversimplification, but this is basically how food addiction, and really any addiction, works. This can lead to various characteristic effects on behavior and thought patterns. Summary. Frequent consumption of junk food may lead to dopamine tolerance. This means that you will have to eat even more junk food to avoid going into withdrawal. Cravings are a key feature of addiction. A craving is an emotional state, a desire to consume a certain food. It should not be confused with simple hunger, which is different. Cravings sometimes seem to appear out of thin air. You might be doing mundane things like watching your favorite TV show, walking the dog, or reading. Then suddenly, a craving for something like ice cream appears. Even though the cravings sometimes seem to come out of nowhere, they can also be turned on by certain triggers, known as cues. These cues can be as simple as walking past an ice cream parlor or smelling a pizza. But they can also be turned on by certain emotional states, such as feeling depressed or lonely, a behavior known as emotional eating. A true craving is about satisfying the brain's need for dopamine. It has nothing to do with the body's need for energy or nourishment. When a craving occurs, it can start to dominate your attention. A craving makes it hard to think of something else. It also makes it hard to understand how on earth eating junk food could be bad for you. It isn't unusual to get cravings. Most people do get them in some form. But if you find yourself repeatedly giving into cravings and eating junk foods, despite having previously made a decision not to, that's definitely cause for concern. For food addicts, these cravings can be so powerful that they cause people to break rules they set for themselves, such as only eating unhealthy foods on Saturdays. In fact, they constantly overeat, despite knowing that it's causing physical harm. Summary. If you regularly give in to cravings for junk food, you may be experiencing food addiction or emotional eating. Cravings can sometimes turn into binges. When you give in to cravings, you get your reward, a feeling of pleasure associated with the release of dopamine. The reward is what cravings and food addiction are all about. People with food addiction get their fix by eating a particular food until their brain has received all of the dopamine it was missing. The more often you repeat this cycle of craving and rewarding yourself, the stronger it becomes and the more food you need each time. While four scoops of ice cream were enough three years ago, today you may need eight scoops to experience the same level of reward. It can be almost impossible to eat in moderation when you are satisfying an addiction-driven craving. That's why it may be hopeless for people to just have a small slice of cake or a few M&Ms. It's like telling a smoker to only smoke one-fourth of a cigarette to cut back. It simply does not work. Summary. Cravings and food addiction promote overeating, binging, and obesity. This can lead to complicated, addict-like behaviors. Over time, food addiction can cause severe physical and psychological problems. Many people who have been struggling with food addiction for a long time keep their eating habits a secret. They can also suffer from depression and have a severely broken self-esteem. This is compounded by the fact that most people don't even realize that they're addicted to food and simply think that they're weak and undisciplined. Summary. People experiencing food addiction often hide their behavior from friends and family. Depression and low self-esteem seem to play a role. 
what to do about it. Unfortunately, there is no easy solution to addiction. There is no supplement, mental trick, or magical remedy out there. While some people may need to learn how to control their consumption, it may be best for others to avoid these foods completely. If you struggle with food addiction, it may be best to seek professional help. Psychiatrists and psychologists can help. There are also organizations like OA, Overeaters Anonymous, which anyone can join for free. Binge eating disorder, which is associated with food addiction, is currently classified as an eating disorder in the DSM-5, the official manual that mental health professionals use to define mental disorders. You just listened to the post titled, How Food Addiction Works, and What to Do About It, by Chris Gunners with Healthline.com. And again, I'm excited to introduce our sponsor, Grove Collaborative. Over the past two months, Grove has helped me make the transition from toxic to all-natural home products. They provide eco-friendly and non-toxic home and personal care products that are safe for the family and the household. They have their own flagship products, but also carry brands you're likely already familiar with and use, like Mrs. Myers, Tom's, Method, and more. Everything I got from them feels like it's better quality, and they were kind enough to throw in a personal note. It's like the red carpet treatment, but for better prices. And on top of the great prices, they have free shipping and free returns with no questions asked. Plus, if you're a VIP member, they'll price match. And we have a unique offer with them. A $30 Mrs. Myers kit, plus a bonus gift, and a two-month VIP membership. Go to grove.co slash optimal to claim your special offer. That's grove.co, not grove.com, slash optimal. Health professionals for years have been trying to define whether foods can be addictive. And to be honest, the debate rages on. It's hard to define food as an addiction because we need food to survive. When we think about other drugs, illicit or abusive, that are addictive, like alcohol, nicotine, and cocaine, we don't need those to survive, but we need food to survive. So can we be addicted to something that we need to survive? Well, as Chris mentioned in this article, do we really need junk foods to survive? And therefore, can we separate those maybe into a separate category where these foods are known to be more addictive? And that's where the debate rages on. How do you classify a quote-unquote junk food? Would you classify, let's say, goldfish crackers in the same category as a Snickers bar? Or do they need two separate categories? But I like what the article mentioned with regards to cravings versus actual hunger. I, for example, am not immune to getting cravings. When I'm sitting down and watching the Food Network, for example, and there's a show on how to bake something or a show all about chocolate, I may have just eaten a huge dinner, but am ready to go grab another bite to eat just because I'm watching this show and it's making me crave those sweets. I don't have a history of addiction, but I'm not immune to cravings. And scientists are starting to study human cravings. And what they found is if you're truly not hungry and you're just craving something because your brain is saying, ooh, I need this to make me feel better, what we're finding is distracting yourself for five or even 10 minutes can help remove that craving. And in fact, a really fascinating study was done on Tetris. Yes, the electronic game Tetris. They found that those participants that played Tetris when they experienced a craving, basically a way of distracting themselves, were less likely to go and grab that junk food. And so the moral of that is, no, you don't have to play Tetris specifically. But if you can distract yourself with something that engages you, then the craving will likely pass. 
And again, it takes about five to 10 minutes for the craving to actually pass. And so maybe the next time you experience a craving, pick up your cell phone, play a game, check your Facebook, text someone, get engaged somehow in something that takes your mind off of food, and likely in five to 10 minutes, the craving will pass. All right, that'll do it from me for today. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday, a wonderful start to your week, and I'll be back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift, as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us, and remember, your optimal life awaits.